Wow, you guys again? I kid, we're glad to have you. Why not sit down, relax, and just take it easy? We'll do all the work and you can just lay there. And plug in your earbuds and we're talking Queen. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. Kev's been working hard and I hate to see him burn the candle at both ends. So I've doused his face in water. Now we're going to bang on about a random song from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. And from that day forward, Kevin never received another kiss. Oh, well, whatever. So, uh, Kev. What? How are you? How are you doing tonight there, buddy? Oh, you know, can't complain. It is what well, it is. Now, now, I've had a thought here, and I just wanted to Uh-oh. just wanted to kind of run this by you here. So, I, I understand that you've started a third podcast possibly even a fourth third well, for sure third i've got well we've not announced anything yet so i'm still keeping this a little bit oh, okay, so this is kind of on the dl here but but anyhow DL, I just want... but, but yes oh okay it's, good it's so short answer i just wanted to uh i just wanted to like on behalf of mrs brown <laughs> maybe suggest that maybe you you know maybe you keep like thursday nights open and you, like you start a <laughs> podcast with mrs brown well, like, do you think, like, do you think she, you guys could talk about housework and, and personal finances and how you let her down, uh, physically <laughs> and emotionally, uh, do you know, what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's, I think there's a listenership there for that. Oh dear God. I don't, I don't think I should do another podcast around I think I'm sticking the piss now. I think I'll stick the, I think we should cap it at three I or four. Being, I was being completely serious. <laughs> well, and, and you know me, man, my love of podcasts. Well, you listen to all of them, right? I mean. I listen to every podcast. And, you know, honestly, <laughs> it really takes up a lot of my time. Uh, but but that's why I'm here. It's my love of the podcast. <laughs> well, I put that on our on our Twitter feed. I came up with the, the podo. Is a instead of, instead of a widow, is these women who, whose husbands just sit talking to strangers online for no reason for hours. Yeah, I had to explain that one to my wife too. She, what's what's pot out mean? I was like, oh yeah, oh that's a term that Kevin <laughs> Good stuff. Um, there is a little bit of Queen news that I don't know if we. I can't remember if we talked about. I don't think we did. So I don't know if we've talked since last week, have we? I don't so, think yeah. we have. And I don't, but I think it, well, it predates last week, but I just think I probably just forgot to mention Copy it. that. Um, so uh, Brian May, way back in 1983, Randy, and I think I've told you this before, uh, mm-hmm. released um, a little EP album called The Starfleet Project, which was basically really just a bunch of jam sessions that he did with Eddie Van Halen. I'm quite familiar with that, Kevin. So what they've done is they've gone back and he's, remixed um the entire album also oh, so wow. they digi- digitally enhanced the 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 packaging um and i should share my screen i'll show you this beautiful box set that we're getting randy i hope uh you know at some a certain age when i reach that they'll digitally enhance me honestly i could use it right now see so we got yeah so this is this is the beauty red red vinyl Oh, album nice. with yeah. two CDs, additional material, a single of the Starfleet um, song itself, and mm-hmm. then all these outtakes. So I think there's yeah, there's a little uh, ten different takes of Starfleet itself. Holy fuck! A uh, couple of that me out. I mean, that's that's just gonna be so much fun to listen to for for a nerd like a full geek. But what I was thinking, what we what we could do, you know, 
Mm-hmm. There's a potential for a, um, a podcast crossover <gasps> potential here. We could jump online with the boys from And the Podcast Will Rock because you got Eddie Van Halen on one hand, Brian May on the other, and we Ooh. could cross the streams and see if we can make a beautiful podcast, baby. We could talk about uh, the Starfleet uh, project. We could yeah. do that. So I'll run that yeah. up the flagpole with the uh, the inimitable Mr. Corey Morissette and Mark Meyer. I'll see what they think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see what they say. So no other news and not, nothing going on in Mr. Woods, Mr. Woodstown? You said you had a, a client and you've been recording someone? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I often do. And uh, yeah, we're working on a nice little uh, rock and roll tune right now. Yeah, yeah, that, that's... Uh, I don't really have a, a ton of news, Kevin. I am... Uh, I am playing this Saturday in uh, a wonderful booming metropolis uh, called North Battleford. And uh, I'm going to play there with my, my group. So is that, is that the Randy Woods band or is that your newly reformed Absolutely? No, that is, uh, that is the Randy Woods band. And uh, yeah, Absolutely is still in, uh, in a hiatus of, of, of sorts. It's we, yeah, we will, we will rise again from the ashes uh like a phoenix but not yet <laughs> just just at, at, a, at a later date yeah at a date this like, more, more you know. yeah the the phoenix is a little tired <laughs> and the phoenix has got a pretty busy summer you know so uh we'll rise from the ashes we're thinking like we're thinking the fall <laughs> it's very insensitive of you to start bringing up fire and ashes randy when most of northern canada's on fire at the moment yes well yeah did we talk about that last week but yes yeah the smoke rolled in actually i'd say the last 48 hours was pretty yeah. rough i do actually have the windows open in my studio tonight uh because it is quite toasty mm-hmm. i would say uh, that currently inside my studio, it is approximately 28 or so degrees. Oh, Jesus, uh, man. It's now saying it's 22 outside. So I do have all the windows open and fans a pumping, but there still is a special air quality statement saying that uh, if you have lungs, you should probably use them indoors <laughs> where the air is filtered. Uh, and if you have gills, you're good. You're good to go. You're good to go. No fucking worries. All those old people. All those little aquatic fuckers, they're just merrily swimming along there. They don't even know what's yeah, going on. So they're all yeah. Yeah. It's all the it's all the smoke coming out of Donald Trump's ass fucking flying up his Canada. <laughs> uh I'm totally innocent. I didn't take yeah. those boxes and I can't do a Donald Trump impression. I don't know why I even tried. <laughs> that was brutal. Just sounding constipated. Uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, a, a wonderful tweet from Marjorie Taylor Green. Uh, complaining about the smoke coming from Canada and was blaming it on, uh, <laughs> was blaming it on, on our our system of government that we have to have a bunch of forest fires burning. What? Oh yeah, it was pretty rich. I, I should I should find it. I forget exactly oh, what she said. But... God, she's a fucking plug. Oh, anyhow, okay. Hey, why are we here? Are we here to talk about politics? No, we're not. Well, why are we here, Randy? What are we doing here? Please tell, please tell the fine folks, because you know what? There might be someone listening to this podcast who's never heard us before and are thinking, what in God's name are these two idiots rambling on about? Why are they not talking about the reason that I tuned in? Well, I, I do doubt that there's anybody new listening. But if you are, please reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter and let us know because uh, it makes us feel good inside because we're empty. But beyond that, uh, we are 
here to talk about Queen. And what we do is uh, Kevin's got this fancy little wheel that he geeked up on the internet and he spins it and it just uh, jets out this random tune from any number of albums by, by Queen. You don't, don't forget that. Uh, and I do, you know, Freddie Mercury sings in that group, just in case you're wondering. And, uh, and then we just talk about it. That's really, this is, that's it. That's the crux of the whole thing. Did I, how, how did I do? Uh, I'm, I, I, it was acceptable. I don't think you had, <laughs> don't think really, you didn't oversell it. That's <laughs> no, no, okay, good, good. Cause I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to keep it low key here. We should head online to our Twitter so. account and Facebook to look at the polls. Sure. So yes. do you remember what your guess was last week for Tie Your Mother Down? Did you think... No, I don't. I don't. Okay. That's why you're the boss and I'm the employee. That's why I wrote it down. So you guessed 95% champion, 5% bites the dust. I said 97% to 3%. So I went the wrong side. And I remember saying to you <laughs> that I thought 95 was about right. And I just had to pick which side of 95 I wanted to go. And I picked the wrong bloody way. So you win again, sir. So yeah, we've got uh, a champion... Uh, vote of 90% and bites the dust at 10%. So, uh, I mean, I guess we really realized it was going to be uh, pretty heavily one-sided, but I, I got to be honest with you. I'm surprised that 10% of the people uh, downvoted it because, you know, I, as, as stated in the podcast, if you're here listening to Queen, I would just assume that this was just like, uh, we all, you know, kumbaya gather around the record player and, and love this song all collectively. But, you know, I guess there'd be 10% of the people outside thinking, ah, oh, those guys, damn you. I don't get how you, how you downvote this song. It's an absolute cracker. Yeah, I'm with you. And Richard Hearn, who's listened, he's been with us, I think, pretty much close to the beginning, actually, says, as someone who first heard this as a 12-year-old non-swimming little brother, I took the lyrics personally. Still not my favorite, but begrudgingly, musically, it works. So there's, you know, not a, not a ringing endorsement for this song from Richard. No. Uh, our buddy Corey Morissette says champion and he's got, I forget this character from South Park. Timmy. Yeah. He's like, I mean, come on. Oh God. I remember when that came out the first time I watched that, I was damn near pissed myself laughing because it's so stupid and childish, but it's so bloody funny. It really is. Like, because there's one bit in the, in the in one of the episodes, I think it's that, that first episode with Timmy in it, where he's going, Timmy, Timmy. And they say, Timmy, quiet. And he goes, Timmy. <laughs> Under his breath, <laughs> just fucking kills me. <laughs> uh, Paul Moody, a lovely boot in the boss to open up a diverse and densely constructed album. Uh, Queen doing basic rock and roll and doing it brilliantly. Uh, Brian plays great tribute to Rory Gallagher with the simple pull off riffs and the face melting slide playing. Very redolent. Of the Irish genius, yes. And you know what? I really got to uh, up my Rory Gallagher game. I am aware of him, but not. Uh, I would not call myself a, a super fan or anything. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. He's, he's one of those guys who I haven't listened to enough. And, and yeah, again, when I've heard him, I've always thought, yeah, this guy's really good. But for some reason, I've just never gone back and really listened. And he's and I, quite revered by just everybody that talks about him. So everybody who plays guitar, right? Anybody who knows, kind of, yeah, he's for sure. And I believe it's Gallagher. I think. I don't think you oh. pronounced the G in, I think. But if, you know what? Oh. I'm about I'm batting about 50 percent on, on correcting you. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, I would just say Gallagher, but but you're I could be completely wrong. Uh Brycey says a heart beating champ. A day at the races is one of Queen's most accomplished albums. The album's big intro is intended as a show opener as the crown lighting rig raised above the stage. Dusters should take themselves swimming with a brick on this one, Brycey. Totally agree, Brycey. <laughs> Uh, Nikki the midwife here. 
Uh, everything you said about playing this on guitar is true. I'm a rubbish guitarist, uh, but I play this well enough that people not only recognize it, but they think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> a champion. Also, on a train back from a Southport fan club convention, the Queen fans shared a couple of carriages with a group of nuns. <laughs> All very jolly until someone altered the lyrics and we crammed some extra syllables into in and saying, tell your mother superior. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's I great, love that. Yeah. Thanks, Nikki. Okay, Jim C. Cody, Spar Cody Sparkle says, I'm guessing this will be the most one-sided vote ever. Of course it's a champion. Anyone who downvotes this is probably a member of Primal Scream or Royal Blood. In other words, arseholes. <laughs> Did you see that whole thing with Royal Blood? That was doing the rounds about their little temper tantrum at a festival no no I, i'm not aware of of either of those groups got to be honest with you sorry so royal blood are a two-piece rock band very original drummer and a bass player oh yeah good um so basically what they did was they they were booked in at a, i think it was called the big weekend which is more or less like a it's a pop festival right pop, pop not really yeah. yeah not really a rock festival but the crowd i guess weren't cheering and weren't as enthusiastic as they as Royal Blood thought they should have been. And the lead singer fucking gets on and tells everyone that, oh, this is rock music, yeah. Well, you're not used to... And it just goes on this little childish tirade and him and the drummer, the drummer stands up and the drummer's like, you know those kid, you know the kid who's kind of standing behind the bully and kind of pointing and laughing? The drummer's doing that and then he sneers and they kind of throw the flip the Vs and they walk up. It's like, you know what? You're getting paid. Go out there. Do you, if, it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's a bad gig, that's not the crowd's fault. You know? Just do mm -hmm. your job. Say thank yeah. you and get off stage. Don't be a prick about it. I just can't stand that sort of entitled rock star yeah. kind of excess. I've never liked it. It drives me up the wall. Yeah, like I said, I'm not really familiar enough with those guys. So uh, maybe that's part of their shtick. I have no idea. But... Yeah, I mean, I saw them open for Foo Fighters a few years ago. No, good. I didn't think. Didn't like them, hey? Yeah. Uh, uh, Alice's dad, Barry. And we have the original Brian <laughs> does lyrics that haven't we aged well. <laughs> and while I was willing to give fat bottom girls a pass, this time I really can't. Oh, who am I kidding? Is a stone cold champion and a statement of intent <laughs> for this and probably the next two albums as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, that that is a reoccurring theme, and and I, I think we gotta I think we got, we gotta let those lyrics stay in the era that they were created and uh, just enjoy them for what they are. I, I, that's that's kind of what I think. I mean. I love the lyrics in this song. I don't know. They're just, they're, I think they're deliberate. I think it's like that thing of, you know, I don't like UFC and boxing because I don't like violence, but I like Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote because it's cartoonish, right? And I think there's mm -hmm. that, that sense in Time of the Down where Fat Brown Girls is, there's definitely sort of a, you know, a, um, a modern contextual issue with, with what they're singing about women and objectification, that kind of stuff. But with Time of the Down, it's just cartoon. It's It's a cartoon. It's not, ever meant to be taken seriously any of it right so so am i right in assuming that you have not ever tied your mother down i mean i don't fancy getting kicked in the balls to be honest with you well good good what does Dieter have to say kev well Dieter at my chameleon day says if i had hair i'd head back to this one champion and it <laughs> seems that brian is bending the strings and not really playing slide but what do i know anyway so he kind of shows that he's, he's linked us to a um, a live performance of this but that's Again, like you said on in the on the episode, the slide bit will be punched in, and you don't you can't really play the solo before and after with one finger short with the you know the slide on your on your whichever finger your slide is on. Usually, your fourth finger is your ring finger. Usually, you put it on Randy. 
Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, or or you're uh, you're small, your little guy at the end, yeah. your pinky. Um, but really, it's just really up to the player and and what then what they're doing and what their sort of thing is. I would, you know, I just really hate to contradict anybody, but I would say that if that's him playing it live, that that he's just he's just got a he's just he's just adapted. He's adapted it because to me it sounds like it's 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 slide. So it is. Oh no, it definitely slide on the record. There's no no question about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ian Winnick says, "Hey, the opening track from Mike' favorite Queen album, a glorious slice of dumb balls out rock and roll. I've never given the lyrics a second thought. Tying mothers down <laughs> and drowning children with bricks is pretty much par for the course in <laughs> rock star circles. <laughs> a champion. Wow. Hey, Brit- <laughs> bricks. <laughs> oh my goodness, Ian." What happened to you, buddy? <laughs> hey, he's only he's only he's only quoting. He's only quoting the song. Uh, Lisa Malloy <laughs> says, <laughs> Lisa Malloy agrees with me. As Kev says, this is Queen turned up to 11. From the Shepherd Tone intro, Freddie's awesome snarling vocals to the sublime slide, Roger going ape shit, and John holding it all together. This is one goddamn fine belter. Champion all day long. Yeah, I'm on the same page, Lisa. Nice. Paul Bradbury. Quite frankly, if you're dusting this, I think you need to hand back your Queen fan badge. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Kevin, I've been giving them out, but uh, we can take them back if we have to. <laughs> Do we got to be in charge of those now? Oh God, fuck! Could I see your fan badge, please? Yeah, you got well, your I've German all of a sudden. Yeah, you got your papers. Leighton <laughs> Brown goes one step further. He says, "Who the fuck dusted this? I mean, come on!" One of my absolute favorite Brian solos ever. And as for Roger, he's playing with such skill, swagger, panache, and groove. Plus, his kit has never sounded better than this LP. Totally agree. Uh, this is natural, resonant, and fucking gargantuan. Very nice. Uh, Alex Small, that ascending staircase intro, and then that riff. Hits you like a train. Bloody love this record. To hell with the dodgy lyrics. It's good old rock and roll, and it's a champion. Yeah, I'm with you, Alex. Championé. Ole, ole, ole. Um, ole, ole, Ray Rutherford. The lyrics are so dodgy that the dodge-hitting champion couldn't hit them with an anti-dodge-hitting device. And they are glorious. This is rock and roll in its purest form. Great riffs and dodgy lyrics. Little Richard would be proud. Nice. Uh, Queen Rocks, uh, Australia. We start our shows with this one-two punch. This is punch number two. A cracker of a track. Love the monster shuffle beat. And the whole band is on top form here. The harmonies lack Queen's usual precision. That's true. They are a little uh, uh, easier. Uh, which suits the song perfectly, right up there with Brian's best rockers, a champ. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And Paul Walbyoff agrees, a champion, trying to think when I first heard it, probably over Christmas holidays, 1986, when I had A Day at the Races and other Queen albums for Christmas. Played it on my MIDI hi-fi system, which I had for Christmas too, a proper rocker. First song of Queen set at the Freddie Tribute. That's funny, I like you think about those, we all think about hi-fi systems, because really, stereo equipment now is so compact and lean. You don't mm. have towers anymore, but we used to have like you had your amp mm-hmm. and your double tape deck and your record player and your and your FM radio and it was like six or seven bloody pieces. Wait a ton, yeah. and you were not very portable. Yeah, no, you couldn't move around, but it fucking cranked when you cranked it up. Rob Marr here says, uh, champion, dodgy 70s lyrics aside. Yeah, Rob Hatton also says, This is one of those that I could take for granted nowadays and don't really listen to too much. But listening with fresh ears has highlighted why it's so goddamned popular. Uh, except he didn't say God. Uh, Brian's <laughs> guitar work, uh, rhythm and lead is so good. And Roger is playing a belter on the drums. Champion. Gotcha. I'm with you, Rob. We got more more comments on the riffery here. Uh, Stephen Ursel, monster riff. Absolute titan of a song. Champion. And Darren Helliwell, champion. What a riff. Great groove. 
Kyle Anderson since it says, is it even a question? The song is one of the best. None more queen. What does he, what does Hugh say, Kev? Hugh Jenkins says, at everyone, <laughs> I have a confession. In my haste, I pressed the dust button by mistake. <laughs> Horrendous error on my part. And now I fear I've ruined the first 100% champion. But, well, no worries about that, Hugh, because you weren't the only one who, who downvoted it, whether accidentally or um, um, on purpose. Please don't make me give my queen badge back. Hunt me with torches or accuse me of being in royal blood. Sorry. So another, again, people just slamming royal blood because you know what? Fuck those guys. Uh, Andy Hall, I think, maybe commented for the first time, um, at Andy Hall Radio, says, a crown jewel of Queen Rockers. If it doesn't make your body move, check your pulse. You might be all dead, all dead. Yeah, uh, Andy, hey, is that a new comment? I uh, think so. Commentator? I uh, believe so. Words are hard. Kevin, K. Bates, 1963, sheer bloody poetry. Uh, in the days when a track one ripped your face off. Floor toms sound massive, and it's utterly queen at their kick-ass best. Uh, a track that's great live, but no version touches the studio masterpiece. Yeah, man, I I'm I'm totally with you. It's funny, hey, because that's it's a good comment that because track one on a rock and roll record really should tear most of your skin off your face, right? Yeah, well, you know, we might have had this conversation before because I've had uh, I've had to order a few albums, like put songs in in order. Uh, and, and my, my rule of thumb is just, just go best to worst in, in your opinion, <laughs> really. So yeah, you want to, I mean, you want to just hit, just, you want to just smack them over the face. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Good point. Prime Jive Funster says champion and all out Brian Rocker as mentioned by others reminds me a bit of Rory Gallagher, whom I also love also has one of the only Hollywood records remixes I can actually stand because they didn't fuck it up and add dance beats to it. Not sure I've heard that. I'll have to go find that. Hmm. Uh, and Steve at Queen Rock says, as a teenager, I remember playing this for my mom in the car. She did not approve. Champion. David <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wilson says, champion. This should have been massive back in 76. Those who dusted it need to exit planet <laughs> dust and get a grip. Uh, if you were to distill Queen down into just a handful of songs, uh, this would be one of them. It's got the lot. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Dominic Pierce uh, champion for uh, from start to finish. Great song, great start to the album. Perfection doesn't get much better than this. I also really love the intro music to the album uh, and the subsequent outro after Tia Toriachi. How the fuck do you say that, Kevin? <laughs> Tia Toriate. Great podcast as always. My highlight of the week. Thank you, Dominic. Yeah, Most thanks, Dominic. Uh, Samphony Sam says, I especially love Queen's heavy stuff, but apart from the first banging appearance of the riff. It soon becomes tiresome rock by numbers. It's mad. I should love it, but it leaves me cold. And the live version always seems rushed and knackered. So there we've got at least someone who downvoted it. I'm assuming has actually jumped on and said why. So I mean, you know, and, I mean, and he does. He does bring up a good point because it's not like they're not breaking any new ground. This this isn't. This isn't. They haven't done anything that hasn't been done before. Even even then, mm -hmm. uh, it's just that to my ear, I like it. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I, like I think I said in in the podcast, it's essentially just a three chord song with a few few little sort of passing them, you know, chords yeah. here and there. So, uh, but hey, hey, you know what though? Leslie disagrees and says, as covered by a million pub bands with varying degrees of success. If you don't like it, why are you even here? And then we'll finish up Twitter here. Um, Nova Jack, maybe another new commenter. I think maybe Randy says I my favorite. So. My favorite ever Queen song, that riff is musical sex. When they kick into this after one vision at Wembley 86, that's my favorite moment in music history. The crowd goes nuts. Spine tingling. Yeah. Nice. That's a, that's a pretty good one too, isn't it? 
One Vision and Time of the Down. That's a pretty good way to open a stadium rock show. I think so. I'm back over on Facebook here. Again, the people of Facebook have proven once more that they seem to be a little bit more sensible than those twatters. Twitters? Twats? What is the collective noun for a bunch? Tweeters? Can't be mm. twats. Mm. That does seem a, seem a bit uh, un-PC, Kev. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? I think Facebook uh, really, really known for its reasonableness. <laughs> That's why you spend most of your day on there, right? No, yes. Uh, just combing... All the political news. I think they call it doom scrolling. I think the kids call it doom scrolling, Randy. <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was 100%. As little time as possible. Anyhow, sorry, go ahead. It was 100% champion um, over on what? Facebook. What? Nice. My my pal, uh, Paul Roberts, says, still a non-believer, but if all the catalog was like this is, I wouldn't be. Absolute banger. If this don't move you, I'd check your pulse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alan. Mm-hmm. Alan Dudney. Of course, it's a definite champion. However, for me, it's in my list of Queen songs that I can easily skip because I guess I've overplayed it to death over the years. I must admit that I would have been disappointed if back in the day when I saw them live in the 80s, they'd taken it off the set list. I still love the studio version, and it's a perfect opener for A Day at the Races. Yeah, it's uh, the studio version gets a lot of love. And uh, yeah, Black Pie. So we find out, we find out Black Pie's name. Because apparently what? Twitter wasn't loading our profile. I think that Elon Musk is trying to shut us down, Randy. We're being we're being cancelled. The what? fuck knows what reason. Maybe because we keep calling him a prick. I don't know. Maybe we should uh, suck up to Uncle Elon. But uh, Gavin or Black Pie says, "Apologies, my Twitter feed. My Twitter does not want to show you on my feed." Absolute champion. This I can still remember my 11 year old self hearing this for the first time in 1983. This was the first non greatest hits track I'd ever heard when I bought a day at the races secondhand. And what a way to start. Freddie's vocal delivery is just so aggressive. I'd never heard someone spit lyrics out like that before. Of course, the other three are an absolute top form too. This song sounded fucking huge when I first put it on the turntable. I was all about madness and Adam at the ant- <laughs> Adam and the ants at the time before finding Queen. Uh, still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Uh, James Lawrence says, my favorite Queen song. Brilliant riff, great live, fantastic. Uh, Aaron Henderson, this song is a total champion. After the classic-edged introductory music reminds you this is a Queen album, the guitar riff appears announcing this is a belter. Uh, I personally love the lyrics and enjoy the innuendo of a young Randy, no offense, Randy, uh, Brian (laughs) resorting to whatever (laughs) it means necessary to get him some love tonight. Uh, Love the podcast, and you make every Thursday morning the best part of my work. What? the Aaron. So, So very nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, you're making Kevin feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And for an English person, that's a fucking challenge. So, because you guys are all cold and dead, right? Inside, I mean, inside. We're all heartless gloaters. (laughs) There's there's a little Easter egg. Uh, Well, you know, you could be a a gloater. I beg pardon? You know, a gloater. Come to gloat over the condemned man. I mean, we're up to our ears in gloaters here. Can I come in for a gloat? They shout, they shout back. Oh, you heartless gloaters. Um, Jeremy Walpole says, if I had to compile a playlist of 10 Queen Rockers, this would be in there for sure. It's a stone-cold crazy champion of a track that never fails to rock me. And Jim Condon has posted a gif of uh, Wiley Coyote with binos. Say, stalking Facebook to catch anyone who votes this down. And that's the thing, because on Facebook, you, we can see who's voted either way. So it's yeah, just those right. bloody, those anonymous cowards on Twitter. Twitter hides it, eh? Uh, James Lawrence says, uh, forgot to say this is an interesting bit in the video for this. Uh, the first smoke explosion near the start blew Roger off his stool as it had been put to near the drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking didn't even notice. 
Uh, immediately after that, you can see a shot of the drums in the background, and he isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. What is it with drummers and explosions? Like, remember that the Keith Moon one where he packed his kick drum with like way too much? And yep. I think it wasn't it a piece of I think a piece of um symbol embedded itself in Pete Townsend's arm or something. There was a there was fallout from it. And they sort of said, Hey, you've got to stop doing this, dude. You're gonna kill someone. What about all the drummers from Spinal Tap? Many of them died, <laughs> died via explosions. <laughs> I remember one of them choked on vomit. It yeah. wasn't, his, wasn't his vomit. But not his own vomit, though. <laughs> but but no. the problem is you don't know whose vomit it was because you can't dust yeah. for vomit. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty difficult to dust for vomit. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Rye, banger indeed. Simple and addictive riff. Uh, lyrics are tongue-in-cheek. I think they're hilarious. What's not to love? Exactly. Deborah Standinger says, champion for sure. I look forward to this podcast each week. You guys are awesome, and I love what each of you bring to the show. Keep up the great work. Again, thanks, thanks for love, folks. And you know... That's kind of convinced me. I've been on the fence for the last sort of 31 episodes. I think I'll keep Randy around. You know, if you like what we're both bringing to the show, then I think, you know, I think your position's safe, Randy. It has. Well, so, and what, this is uh, episode what? I think this is 32, I think. 32. And mm -hmm. I think we had a contract up to 30. So these, these episodes here are pretty tenuous, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he may, uh, he may dust me just at any point here. Uh, Michael Smith says, absolute champion, just like this podcast. Kevin, Mr. Randy in great form. <laughs> what a fantastic riff. And Raj is in great form. Anyone who votes this down must be publicly shamed. <laughs> okay, well, you know, although I do agree, I think we should probably limit the public shaming. Uh, oh, no, I'm all for it. Put in the pillory uh, with him. Get him in the pillory. <laughs> <laughs> Tape him to the lamppost. <laughs> uh, Lynn Deanda. Deanda? Total champion. That riff never fails to make me smile. Ain't no way the lyrics missed out this time. As always, Freddie nailed it. Yeah, great vocal on this track too. And I like it's one. It's one of the very few Queen songs that I can actually sing. So I, you know, mm. if I can I can pull this one out of karaoke. Guess I can just about hit it. So nice, Sarah Chapman, champion all day long in my top ten to absolutely love it. Brian's banger. Thank you, Sarah. And I did want to just quickly read out this one, Randy. We got a new. A new listener. We were just talking about that earlier in the podcast about new listeners. Uh, Laura Hoover. So she she commented on the um, the episode post and said, "I was a bit late to the game. Just finished binging all the episodes, so now I'm up to date on your on the works. Your podcast is the miracle I needed to keep me going in the morning. Now I'm under pressure to make a choice and cooperate in voting. But now I'm here, and I'd be a liar if I said it seems I'm not in good company. You guys rock it and save me from all the crappy back chat on some other podcasts. I fear it's possible I go crazy waiting for a new episode because I want it all at once. Thank you for such a killer queen podcast. You've definitely got staying power. I mean, there's at least, I don't know, 15 queen songs she's managed to cram into that, so I think bravo <laughs> yeah that's that's lots of listening i mean that, Thanks, might, be, that might be tweet of the week randy there's that one and then there's another one so yeah so richard hearn i when i posted out because i post out you know a, a little teaser usually on um uh wednesdays just to say kind of just give us sort of a little a hint or a little clue what's coming so I, I wrote a little poem randy and i said the album covers mainly black and the songs they are half done Recording this was lots of fun. I can't think of a last line that will end up with a rhyme for black. I was just being jocular. I was being, what I think, mm. witty and funny. However, Richard Hearn just went and fucking kicked me in the balls and did this one. The album covers mainly black. It's got a queen crest on it. If I could rhyme for 14 lines, then that would be a sonnet. It can't be dry. already done. Roger's best song till fun it. You take my breath away, Nepa. That is the one we wanted. I mean, that's fucking <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> that's brilliant. 
It's brilliant. So I, it's between yeah, it's know. between that one and Laura. Between the week yeah. for me, Randy. I don't know. What do well, what do you think? Well, okay, so so so, so <laughs> I do believe now if I'm thinking here, is Laura is she she's really she's really pandering. <laughs> you know, because she's enjoying it and she's just letting us know, and that's great because we like to know. Uh I don't know, man. You know, I mean listen. I'm on thin ice as it is here. You could just get rid of me at any time and you'd continue on probably with, with Corey, you know, someone who can really podcast and, uh, and I'm like out my ears. So how about you decide, Kev? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think what they call this and calling an audible, I think in football, they say, and I think, I believe that this is where the quarterback changes his mind about the play is going to run mid play and calls an audible. And so the calls, I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do a tweet of the week and a Facebook post of the week. I'm going to go with Laura and Richard. Because you know what? My mum's not around here. She's not. I mean, she's on a different continent. She can't tell me not to. So that's what I'm yeah. going to do. What do you think of that? Well, I think that's I think it's pretty ballsy. And uh, if your mum listens to the podcast, I would say rein that guy in. He's out of control. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Or maybe uh, Mrs. Brown can talk to you on your guys' podcast on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. So it's that time of the night when we spin this bloody wheel to see how it's going to screw us over. What do you want to listen to tonight, Mr. Woods? Body language. Hot space. You still, you still staying on body language, eh? You sticking with that? I want one. it, and I want it now. You want it? All right. Jeez, oh, that's a bad pun. Um, well, I'm going to go. I want to listen to something from because we've only done one song from jazz, and I didn't love it, um, and neither did you actually, because I think it was um, it was funny. You know, we oh. had the whole team funny thing on Twitter and whatnot. So I, I want to go on. I want to listen to something like uh, Mustafa, the lead track yeah. on jazz. So how about that? That seems like a hell of a good idea, Kev. So we've got Body Language and Mustafa. So we're going to get something from Made in Heaven. Here goes the wheel. Spinny, spinny, spinny. I should, I should find some music. I should rip off Corey one last time and find some music to put in the middle there. We're going to get... Oh, we're getting... Oh... Well, we're getting a, a, a the same album that we had two weeks ago, I believe. We're getting The Miracle again. What song are we getting, Randy? I Want It All from The Miracle, which yeah. I was just singing not more than two seconds ago. Absolutely. You quoted, quoted the <laughs> Hey, prescient. Maybe, maybe you influenced the wheel. Who knows? Mm, you know, uh, it does seem like the logical thing, you know. There's... Yeah. No such thing as coincidence. <laughs> in this in this world, everything's got everything's a conspiracy. Everything's got a meaning. Okay, well let's um let's go research this song. I mean, I'm assuming you know this one pretty well. Pope, I would say. Is a Pope shit in the woods? <laughs> is it is a bear Catholic? No, hang on, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, the Pope does shit in the woods, so yes. Does he? I because that'd be quite awkward with those robes, eh? Mm hmm You'd have to really it's like a well, I suppose women have to do it in, when they're wearing dresses and things. I mean, that's all hey. the robe is really. It's a fancy name for a dress, right? The Pope wears a dress. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Pope. The Pope wears a dress. 
Pope, it's time to get up now. Oh, I'm too tired. Come on, Pope, <laughs> it's time to get up. I don't want to push the buttons anymore. I just want to sleep. <laughs> I'm too tired. Pope! Did you almost did our friend Jeff ever tell He must have told you that story about the little um, Chinese kid he used to teach piano to, hey? Just said this, he never told you that. So there's this little, this, this probably like, I don't know, five, six, seven years old or something. Because he was always a problem. Never really wanted to pay attention. Wasn't really into it, right? But his mum and dad were paying and It was when he was working at the uh, the Academy of Music. And he says this one time, this little kid, he's, he's about 10 minutes into the lesson. The kid just lies down, lays down on the piano bench. And he goes, I'm tired. I don't want to push the buttons anymore. I just want to sleep. And just close his eyes. And Jeff's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Like... <laughs> I would just let him sleep and cash that check. Absolutely. Which is exactly what he did. All right, let's um, go away and research this song, and we'll come back and talk about it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, sit down. Honestly, I don't know. It takes you people so long. Okay, hey, uh, so just a couple of quick notes before we get into the service. A couple of things I want to bring up uh, about, you know, about the church. Um, so, uh, you know, like all religions, this is just, uh, you know, made up and it doesn't really exist. So, uh, so we got that going for us. Uh, we're just right on par with all the other churches. Uh, we're really fighting hard to see if we can try and get uh, our tax-free uh, exemption because uh, we are a legitimate church. I mean, look at us. Look look around you. There's a guy playing organ over in the fucking corner. I, I, I don't know. Uh, anyhow, uh, on to the service. Go fuck yourself. See you guys later. Bye. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Hey, so uh, this song, uh, although credited to all of them as writers, was uh, looks like it was written by Brian May. It was recorded at Olympic Sound Studios in London uh, in 88-ish. Uh, you know, the townhouse, London, same thing, 88. And uh, Mountain Studios in uh, Montreux in 88 as well. So I guess uh, that's, I do find that's the interesting thing is that they all decided they were going to start to share songwriting credits at, at this stage in their career, which I do find interesting. And this is 1988, and they are competing with with Metallica, with, with Guns N' Roses, with all yeah. of the with all of the fluff of the day. So it's pretty cool that they were able to pull this out. And so uh, best UK chart ranking, number three is what I can uh, see. And uh, for the US, 50, which I do find find surprising, but I guess they weren't quite the, the phenomenon in the US as they were in uh, the UK. Yeah. And we are going to play the album version. So there are different versions of this song. The single version is quite a bit shorter. Right. Um, a little bit punchy because it doesn't have the sort of the, the extended intro, but we're going to see the album version because that's what we're doing. We're going through the album songs, and you know, Roger Dodger. I'm assuming this. You, you. I'm, I'm assuming you probably heard this when it came out. You would have been aware of this song because it was a. Like I say it was. It was pretty big play on radio. I, I assume. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm very familiar with the song, and and I would I would be interested to see what the chart uh, positioning was in Canada because, I, I mean, I, I you know we'd have to look, but I remember it. Uh, was it because, you know, I had a passing interest in Queen or was it because it, it was played here? Uh, I'm not sure, but as a guitar player, I was always very interested in in in, in Queen and, and Brian and, of course, the whole group. Well, it reached. What's your guess for Canada? What would you guess it reached in Canada? Uh, 15. 34. Oh, 
So okay. better than the US, but not as good as it should have been. It reached number two in the Netherlands. It's good old Dutchies. They like a bit of Queen. It was a top 10 most markets apart from the US and, and well, apart from North America. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, some of the comments that we were listening to, and when we get into it, again, another one that would have been just a fantastic live track. It's funny because the two songs, we didn't have anything from the Miracle in the first, you know, 29 episodes. And then the two we get are the two singles, you know, the two biggest singles. Yeah. So and there is a couple more singles off this album, but, but it's quite interesting that the two we've got are the hits. It's quite funny. It's the power of the wheel, Kev. Do your research, buddy. Do your research. By that, do you mean Google things and not actually do research? No, is that what you don't mean? follow. Don't follow up in any way. Okay, and, and just believe everything. So maybe, maybe get everything from one source. Maybe do that as well. Yeah, and make sure it's uh, it's not verified anywhere else because <laughs> then you know for sure you're really onto something. All right, well, do you want to listen to it? Well, I think we should just get right into it. I'm not sure why we're even fucking around. If I'm being honest with you. Well, let's stop it then. Pretty good opening, man. Pretty rock and roll. Like I just love that guitar tone, and it doesn't sound like Brian's like time of the down last week. Very, very different, right? It's a totally different production on this. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not sure I'm in love with it yet. Let's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Just an alley creeper, light on his feet. A young fighter screaming with no time for doubt. With the pain and anger, can't see a way out. That's kind of nice with that acoustic guitar in there, hey? Because you're not really expecting that. And after that big uh, opening, when we break into the first verse, when it drops off and you get that dynamic switch, you don't really expect an acoustic guitar in a Queen song like this. It's kind of neat. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Good opening. Brady sounds great. The whole, the whole band sounds really good. Still not a huge fan of that open guitar tone, but uh, let's see what happens, Kev. So what is it about it then? Let's let's dig into that. Let's, yeah, let's just, dig into that a bit, Randy. Yeah, it's just too crunchy. It doesn't sound... I okay. can't hear the amp. I can't hear the room. I can't... It's just, uh, you know, an SM57 stuck in a Marshall cabinet or whatever. That's I mean, that's easy. It's, uh, it's, harder to, to, it's harder to make it sound different. Okay. That's just my, uh, you know, uneducated, fucking stupid ass opinion. One, it it does sound a bit like most rock and roll guitars from that era. It does, and, and I guess people that was sort of expecting a bit more. Yeah, a bit more, Brian. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It ain't much straight chorus like nothing you know doesn't blow your legs off but it's i don't know it's it's a good hook like it's, it's very very easy very simple easy to remember easy to hum right yeah yeah simple pretty simple stuff uh i was gonna say though uh that lick despite i'm not liking his guitar tone in the intro or whatever uh that his lick 
<laughs> coming in before the lyrics start is super tasty. I, re- I really, really like it. Yeah. It's total Brian May. Yeah. He's on form here. Hey? I guess exactly. he said like, he'd, uh, we were reading there that he'd had this riff kicking around for a while and he just had been playing mm-hmm. it over and over again and liked it. Because yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? It's, again, it's funny because it, it does almost follow on a little bit from Time of the Down because it is a really simple riff. There's not yeah. a lot going on there. It's a fairly da ba da da yeah da da ba ba. You know that'd be a g a. It's yeah, not 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 tricky. But uh, I guess the other quick thing too is apparently his new girlfriend Anita Dobson. That's what she used to say all the time. Was I want it all? I want it now. <laughs> which uh, which is great. It's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, so you get that sort of. We were reading that it's got a, you know, it was it was picked up by um, like anti-apartheid groups in South in South Africa, by members of the LGBTQ community, and it's a sort of a rally cry, and a, a pro, almost like a protest song, right? Because it is that sort of. I, I want not really. It's not what I not necessarily I want it all, but I want everything that I, I deserve or everything that I should, mm-hmm. you know, that you know, which is fairness, basic quality of life, all those kinds of things. You can interpret it that way, so you can see why this would be a good rallying cry against oppression or of any kind, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy that. Sorry, Randy, I'm getting a bit deep there. I, I know that you don't like me to, you know, wax poetic about those kinds of things. I apologize. Oh, hang on, hang on here. Just let me deal with my emotions. Just give me a second here. <laughs> and okay. <laughs> Great little uh, John Deacon lick there too when he goes up he goes up the octave and then slides yep. back down. That's super cool, hey? I noticed it's yeah, good stuff. We all like a bit of Deacon. The only thing I would say about too about though, with, with the bass on this, at times I think it gets a bit muddy with that low frequency, it gets a bit you can't really hear his bass as clearly, maybe as you should be able to. Am I wrong on that, do you think? Or does it sound a bit washed out in the low end? I had not noticed, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest with you. You know, but 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 it could be, uh, it could be. There are certain keys that'll give you a little more trouble than others, uh, and sometimes you have to, you know, tune your kick and stuff. But uh, but but I wasn't I wasn't getting that. But uh, okay. I'll, I'll I'll make note going forward. It could just be my uh, shitty Spotify. We'll listen to this one on Spotify, folks, so we can listen to the album version. So. We've gotten into Queen there. We got some yeah. synths. And, you know, I'll tell you what, you just played whatever that was, 10 seconds or whatever. Yeah. But on my studio monitors I'm listening on, uh, the kick and the bass were very well-defined. Uh, okay. Sounds like a pretty solid mix to me. So we're getting, we're getting into the bridge section, Randy. Or, or, you know, also known as the middle eight. Whether or not it's eight bars or not. Yeah, which I which I do find interesting because uh, I wouldn't call it the middle eight if it wasn't eight, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. I'm a man with a one track mind, so much to do in one lifetime. Do you hear me? Living for compromise and where's and why's and living 
we talked, um, I can't remember which song it was about the trade-off between Roger and Freddie, which works really effectively. And there are a few songs where you get Brian and Freddie, and it's the same thing because Brian doesn't have quite the same, or doesn't have near the power that Freddie does, but that section's perfect for him. And so then when yeah. Freddie's singing those those responses to the call, yeah, yeah, it really makes it work for me. It really makes that vocal pop. Yeah. No, I I love that they brought in a, a little arpeggiated uh, uh, synth synth yeah. stuff. I think it's great. I mean, come on, fuck Queen. Queen used a ton of synths, you know, despite their early <laughs> misgivings. <laughs> so it's it's pretty awesome that they're throwing it in here, and and in, which is essentially just a, a rock song, right? So yeah. And it works really well, like again, because you know the miracle does get criticized, and we're going to get into that somewhat. And in terms of sense and what they did well and what they maybe didn't do as well, but this is one of those instances where yeah, they got. They, and did, I think sometimes it just comes down to picking the right tone, right? Pick the right yeah. synth sound because if you pick a shitty synth sound, it sounds yeah. like crap. Yeah, and it dates it. It dates it, but this one sounds pretty good. It's fitting. And you know what? Even if it's dated, if it's like mixed well and it it, it sort of suits it, I mean, just yeah. think of all the eighties. 80s music that well i mean i like a lot of it lots of it you know the the the, the synth tones aren't they're not going to soothe you to sleep or anything but you know but in the right situation it works Raj on the bell there. Yeah. Love that. And his drums sound great on this too. It sound it does. It sounds really good. It re- just really just sounds like them playing like the old days, you know? Yeah. Uh and Brian's guitar tone doesn't bother me quite as much as it did it off off the intro. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great. When his lead tone sounds very Brian May. That sounds like the Red Special. It's just that riff doesn't sound really like the Red Special, right? Sounds like a sounds classic. Yeah. His yeah. Uh, his lead tone. Sorry, am I boring you? Yeah, you bored? I can, I can dial it up, buddy. Come on, <laughs> get the energy in the room up. <laughs> I'm just an old man. <laughs> it's eleven thirty. We're just tired. We're old folks. So I'm just going to pause it once more there for copyright reasons. <laughs> just leading into the solo. I like that section though too. That it's, that's a nice little again another nice little progression. Where again, there's nothing complicated about this song. All the different parts of it are very simple, but they just fit. They just work. It's saying again, it's, it's very similar to last week. I'm saying a lot of the same things. Where it's like it's, it's an exercise in economy and simplicity. Uh, you know, restraint. These guys are all capable of playing more more difficult things and. You know, adding a bunch of expensive chords and stuff, but but they're they're playing rock and roll, so uh, you have to you have to enjoy it for what it is. And yeah, uh, economy in rock and roll sometimes is, is is difficult, and and you know they're doing it. So love that panning on that solo too yeah i wonder why they did that but yeah it's cool 
I remember when this came out, when this song came I mean, we'll probably talk about this a bit later then, but I remember this when this came out, it was another one of those. It was kind of like a new endo off the next album. We think, oh man, we're going back to like rock and roll. Like they're doing something cool again. Like, you know, there's an instrument. When it's the lead track and it's the first single year from this new album that's coming, really gets you revved up to go buy the album. So again, it, you know, that choice as, as a lead single, we, we were talking earlier about the first track on an album should be a banger. The first lead single is really important. I think Brian May was talking about that in one of the uh, in one of the books we were reading there. Yeah, and so in, in an interview, Brian May said that out of the whole process of making an album, choosing the first single was probably the hardest bit of all. Well, I mean, he might be exaggerating slightly, but says it's always really dreadfully difficult to know what to put out. So I suppose it was democratic. We also tried to get a few other people's input, blah, 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 blah. But in the end, you never know if you made the right decision. So yeah, it's, it's a complete crapshoot whether what you put out lands. But I mean, this one feels pretty safe. Like it's built for radio. It's got a big hook. You know, it's got a good chorus. I, I think you're fairly safe with this one, right? Yeah, but you're 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 listening. How many years later, you've got a lot of history. So, but at the time, <laughs> they'd be like, "Well, fuck, I don't know. This is pretty good." Yeah, he's coming on the on the on the off beat with this with the ride on the uh, the bell here. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but man, so isn't that isn't that just so perfect? He's Freddie sounds so great. It sounds so quintessential Queen. Uh, I, I, despite maybe not being in the best of health, he I, I think he sounds really great there. He really sounds like he's fucking rocking, right? Yeah, and you can I mean talk about something that's going to get a stadium rocking if they'd ever had the chance to play this live. But it, again, it's one of those things where everyone's going to be clapping on Roger's snare hit. The whole crowd's going to be singing that back, and you could extend that. You could let the crowd just sing that piece. You could drop the band out completely. There's so much you can do performatively with that section of this song. Yeah. Super cool. So again, we, we talk about simple, talk about simplicity lots, and, but there are a lot of different sections in this song, and we're getting another one here coming up. Yep. So it's it's there's there's they're sticking to a fairly straight beat. They're not changing time signatures, not changing key, really. You know, it's fairly static that way. But there's enough difference in the different bits and sections to keep it moving along and keep it interesting. Yep, absolutely. Good yeah, songwriting. Yeah. yeah, that's that's good songwriting. Don't mistake when I say something is is simple is that in the, that I don't think it's good because yeah. I, I I'm fairly sure I've said it here before is that generally simple is going to be better because it's it, the easier the idea is to convey uh, the more people that you can convey it to and you know I mean it's just a whole host of reasons I mean that's you know that's why Bon Jovi's more popular than like Arturo Sandoval <laughs> there you go. Nice lick at the end and the synths fading into their, uh, their, you know, enveloping into their reverbs. Sounds great. Cool. 
Very technical terms there, Randy. Ooh, Envelope against very, their reverbs. Wow. Yeah, very, very technical. What fucking hell does that mean? <laughs> just keeps repeating into their own verb, and that's what you're hearing is yeah. that sustain. Super cool. It's a good act. Like I said, that that little and super queeny with those huge harmonies. Again, again yeah. it's, it's those, you know, they peppered those reminders in throughout the later career where, and it was, it was frustrating a little bit, I think, for Queen fans that you know they've still got it. You know they can still do that. So why are you not pulling those tricks out more often? Why are you kind of almost being a bit reserved and a bit hesitant to be Queen? Which again, yeah. like you said, you're right. I mean, they're competing against Metallica, Guns N' Roses. You know, the the grunge thing is right around the corner. It's coming, you know, in, in another two years, and they're dealing with the hair metal and all that kind of stuff. So you know why they're kind of taking making some choices, but you just kind of wish they'd think, no, fuck it, we're Queen. Yeah, they would have been battling all of that, and 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 they would have been the old dogs in the street. I'm not exactly sure how old in actual terms of age they'd have been, but they wouldn't have been, you know, 21. No, they were early forties, uh, early, early mid forties. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there, there does seem to be sometimes a little bit of that. We're, we're trying to keep up this to this, but, uh, uh, but, but I, you know, I forgive it all because I actually, I, I, you know, well, I'm, I'm tipping my hand. So I think we should just fucking vote Kev. Okay, well then, Randy, let's let's tip your hand fully. Is this one of the champions, or will I want it all? And Anita Dobson's, you know, could be interpreted as a petulant kind of statement. Is it going to bite the dust? So I stand with Anita Dobson uh, because I do want it all and I would like it now, preferably delivered directly to my door with as little contact as possible. And I don't want to talk on the phone. You can just text me. You know what I'm saying? So what about you, Kev? Champion or does this one bite the dust? I've got visions of you going onto eBay and just typing in it all. That's what I want. I want it all. It's, it's like, as the old saying goes, though, Randy, you can't have it all. Where would you put it? That's right. right. You know? That's right. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, like this my is... house. That's where yeah. I keep all my stuff. Yeah. That's it. It's not a George Carlin thing. I think, I think <laughs> George Carlin does something along those lines. Yeah. That's right. That's where I keep it all. That's all your house is. Your house is just a place for your stuff. If you didn't have so much goddamn stuff, you wouldn't need a house. You could just walk around all the time. That's all your house is. It's a pile of stuff with a cover on it. Like I said, when I heard this when I was a 16-year-old, went and, again, this was the first album I bought with my own money. I remember coming back from Ashton on the bus with my little, you know, Sony Walkman, put the tape yep. in and, and, and just jamming this song. It was fucking great. I loved this song. Um, is it one of Queen's like top tier, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, is it one of their better late stage songs? Absolutely. Um, and it hits all the buttons for me. Like I said, it's got so many different sections in it. I think it's that example of Brian May being able to write a really good pop song, a good pop rock song. You know, and the, the heavy section in the middle, the double time in the middle is super cool. But other than that, it's a pretty straight, you know, a lot of bands around this time could have written a similar song, except for the fact that he throws in those little queeny bits. And that, like, oh yeah, all those little in-between licks that he's playing. They're just cool, man. Like it's no one plays those kinds of things like Brian May. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, yeah, I th I think just in terms of 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 the song itself and its structure and uh, and how it keeps sort of 
elevating and sort of raising the stakes. And like you say, you get to the double time and it's like, oh, you know, but some really, really tasty guitar playing by, by of course, the incomparable Brian May. Freddie, like I said, despite, I guess, you know, probably not, you know, being in the best of health, uh, great vocals, absolutely killer vocals. And then of course the other guys, they they are, I would say they're all in top form here. I, I really would. Um, you know, is it, are they, are they chasing, are they chasing the eight ball a little bit? Does it kind of maybe feel like that a touch? Yeah, maybe. Cause for me, this would have been prime time. Well, you know, I guess I'm just going to tell my age. I was 18. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know that this would have been on my immediate radar as like the coolest, newest thing happening. Yeah. Cause these are old dudes by this point. I, I, I was listening to queen, you know, the old queen as a young kid thinking these are old dusty yeah. old buggers and then here they got this this thing right so uh now it doesn't mean i didn't like them because I, I certainly did and i certainly did listen to them and i bought some albums uh but it does seem like they may be there may be you know chasing the chasing the, the the ball a little bit but does it m- not make me like it absolutely not I, I, really i think i think it's really a really a top-notch uh queen tune so it's almost in some ways it's kind of like Brian May can write this in second gear. I don't even really mm. have to be in top gear to write a good song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that sort of, it, it's, it's, I wouldn't say paint my numbers, but it's, there's elements of that where you could sort of plug a lot of different bits in, but it's, it's so it's, it feels a bit more constructed rather than jammed in a way. Yeah. But it's, again, just all the bits. I'd like all the bits. I think Roger's drums sound great. Deaky's playing some, they do low key stuff, but it's it's still super cool. Like I said, Freddie's vocal. And I remember, remember the video when this came out. I think that that was the first time that I thought maybe the rumors about Freddie are actually true. Maybe he is actually sick because he looked he looked quite gaunt. Yeah, he was he grown a beard, right? And he'd grown that weird beard, which just didn't it didn't look like Freddie. It didn't, you know what I mean? Something yeah. just felt off, and his eyes looked yeah. a bit sunk. And I remember thinking. Oh, maybe, and I'm still in complete denial about it for <laughs> for years. But it's like, I, I oh, maybe I, I think my maybe he is actually sick. I really hope he isn't, but I think he might be. And just a real quick note for for John Deacon and all the John Deacon fans out there, you know, uh, there again, he's just suffering from the bass player curse, in, and that's just like if you're doing a cracker job and and everything's going fucking great, nobody talks about you because you're yeah. doing a fucking great yeah. job. And yeah, sure, you get a couple little riffs in there, and then if if he stopped playing, or if he fucked up royally, we'd be going, "Oh my god, oh, I can't believe this!" Yeah. Uh, but because he's so proficient and because he's so good, uh, he just he just lays it down, and and he lets and he lets and his role isn't to play the the leads. It's not, it's yeah. not his role. So uh, yeah, so hats off to to John. I, I you know, a terrific terrific musician. You know, I, it's funny because when you talk about great rhythm sections. You know, in rock and roll, you talk about Entwistle and Moon, you talk about Bonham and Jones. There's like a, there's a list of sort of great rhythm sections. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't talk about Roger Taylor and John Deacon. And I think yeah, well, part of that, I honestly think my opinion on that is I think that because they became uncool in the '80s, I don't think they ever quite shook that. And because they were a little bit sort of weird and proggy in the '70s, where they didn't. They were never really like the, the, the mainstream press hated them 
in England. Like enemy fucking hated him and always slammed him. And you know, the yeah. famous UK comedian who I actually like apart from him, Danny Baker, who always just slates Queen, but being this boring old rock band. So I don't think they ever quite shook that tag. And I, I wonder sometimes whether that makes people forget that really, actually, musically, that rhythm section is fucking tight. Yeah. All the yeah. way through their career. They're brilliant, those two. Yeah, you they really should not be underestimated. They're they're every bit as talented as as the as what you were mentioning yeah. all of all of those bands uh, amazing really uh like i said it's just it's just uh well i think i've mentioned this too i <laughs> wrote a song called life of the bass player because the bass player <laughs> gets, gets forgotten and and that's just the way it is and the, you know the drummer always gets lots of accolades and and whatnot because he's like you know he's moving he's yes. smashing shit around and it's like hey fucking <laughs> look at this fucking idiot right everybody loves that uh, the bass player, you know, stand there holding it down. Not as exciting. So you don't get quite the love. Yeah. Hey. Unless you unless you sting. In which case, you know, well, on, lead singer, on tap, though. mate. On tap. But he was the lead singer. Yeah, so Sting can't be included in the club. Okay. Uh, and although Sting, I think, is a fine bass player, you know, I I, th I think John Deacon would be he's just right up there with him. I don't oh, think, I think Sting's easily. got anything on him. No. Yeah. What is it? I think as a musician generally, again, that's the other the other side of it, right? Is you know we always talk about it's the same with Freddie, where Freddie gets you know of course all the respect for being a performer and being just a staggeringly brilliant vocalist, but also a fucking superb musician, an all round musician could play piano, brilliant piano player, played a little bit of rhythm guitar. You know, Deaky was a great songwriter and a great all round. He could play guitar. He played you know yep. music, played the rhythm on another one by so this so. You forget yep. that the, all the people in this band are all multi-instrumentalists. They're all songwriters in their own right. And we talked about, you know, Roger could yep. have been the lead singer in most bands. Brian probably could have been a lead singer in a band, really. And he was in his yep. own band, right? So you've got all these well, elements yep. where they just, again, it just it frustrates me sometimes that they don't get quite as much love as I think that they, and recognition as they as they probably deserve as musicians. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose maybe, maybe that's true. I didn't, uh, I thought they were probably... Fairly well celebrated. I mean, you know, they got a couple of podcasts about them. Forty years later, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's something, right? Is that an achievement? <laughs> I th well, I mean, you know, nobody's talking about the Kevin Brown singles, you know, that you've released. Oh fuck, not even my wife. <laughs> no, no, but but you're going to talk about that on Thursday with your new podcast, right? <laughs> the Browns. That could be the shortest podcast. Ever. So, so what's our first topic, uh, Kev, for the first time? Well, I'm going to talk about my music. Okay, I'm going back upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fucking sit okay. there and talk about your music, you fucking yeah, arrogant okay, fuck prick. Fuck you, Kev. You <laughs> fucking asshole. You get me down here, down those damn stairs. Okay, Randy, so what? we You know, we've, we're unanimous on this one. I don't think the poll will be unanimous. Um, I would say but... with some degree of certainty, it will not be. But I think I think it will be slanted positive. So, what do you? What's your guess? What do you think? I like to let you go first. Yeah, what's yeah. Your guess? It's because you're it's because you're so courteous, and which well, I really yeah. do appreciate. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> I just like how you laugh. How you laugh at me, calling you courteous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna say. Because I don't think this is going to be a slam dunk by any stretch. I think there's going to be a lot of people that fucking hate this song. Okay. So I'm going to say, but I think the majority will still like it. So I'm going to say 60-40. There you go. 60-40. Okay. Yeah, I will 60, go. Uh, 
Yeah, in favor. In favor. I think I think it'll be higher than that. Because I think that Queen fans, like, you know, because we, we've talked about it, is it is it one of the top tier Queen fans songs? It definitely isn't. But it was such a welcome break from some of the other stuff that was going on in the mid to late eighties that I think it's one of the it's one of the sort of the anchors that people cling to in a in a sea of otherwise not say mediocrity, but differing uh, levels of quality. So I think I'm going to go, I'll go 70, 30. Good. Good. I still just think, I think that there's going to be, uh, probably some major queen fans, people who unabashedly love queen that they'll say, you know what, Kev, Randy, this is a steaming pile of feces. Uh, <laughs> and that's why I'm, I'm saying because I, I thought that the last vote was 90, 10 and what and you said, 95. Yeah. I, you said ninety. You said ninety-five. Well, I said ninety-seven. I said 97, 97. Yeah. See, yeah. So I mean, so I was off. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to create a, you know, I'm trying to think what I think, and then I'm trying to knock it back a bit. So that's why I'm going with sixty forty. Well, um, oh, you know what I haven't checked in on. No. How are things? How are things in the ecumenical world these days? How is the cardinal doing? And what is? Is there any news from the Church of Go Fuck Yourself that we need to be aware of, Randy? Well, these are trying times for religion right now, as you know. <laughs> and uh, here at the Church of Go Fuck Yourself, it's no different. Um, I really would encourage you guys all to go and do your own research. Because uh, it's the only <laughs> way we can keep this whole Church of Go Fuck Yourself alive. And you know what? I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, there may be a sermon coming. I, I don't know for sure. I'll just see what the the followers say. I'm just going to try and you know leave it up to, leave it up to the people. And, congregation. Uh, the congregation needs to needs to steer the ship, right? You are right. not a you are not a, a, a dictator. You are merely a, a vessel. I'm a steward. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, there's also that. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I think we've done a. We've, I think we've actually pat on the back, Randy. We've done a bloody good job podcasting tonight. I think we should be very wow. proud of ourselves, and we can be very, very yeah. happy with our efforts. Yeah, you know what, Kev? Way to podcast, buddy. <laughs> Way to fucking podcast. You know, and and I'd like to talk to Mrs. B and just really, really just you know, I, I'll give her some tips on how to fucking handle it. How about that? <laughs> what we should know, what we should definitely do is get my wife and your wife to do a podcast about, about why is anyone doing podcasts? <laughs> well, no, that would be, no, that would be a thing. Oh, good Lord. Get them both drunk and high. We'll just let them go. <laughs> oh. What was that noise? Why have you not pulled that one out until now? I've known you for over 20 years. I've never heard that noise before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this I think this silliness needs to really come to a fucking conclusion here. Like Queen, I want it all, and I want it now. My main issue is storage. Uh, and maybe I don't want it now as much as, you know, like when I got, like I'm when I'm ready for it. Like I got, I got to make some space. And all... You know, now that I think about it, it really seems a bit much. All? How about maybe just lots or maybe a decent portion? I guess if I had it all and now, what would I do later? I'm not sure Brian has thought this through. We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen. You can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. And if you get some time, 
drop us a line. We genuinely appreciate it. We'll be back with you next week to chat about this wonderful band. Kiss, Kevin. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.